everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Newscast. It's your favorite host with the most, Sam. The bomb. And I got a little bit of a shorty for you today. That's alright. That's alright. It's just like, it was really weird because like when I was trying to gather like video game news and stuff like that. It was just all talking about Elden Ring and Pokemon Arceus. And I was just like, okay, we get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is fine, you know, but like... If you're already playing it, you're already playing it. You know what I'm saying? And Arceus has only been out for a few days now. And, you know, I think I would like to see what people say about it. So far, though, from what I hear, everyone freaking loves it. So, um, I definitely want to get my hands on it for sure. Some point soon. But, uh, yeah, dude, let's, uh, let's just jump right into it, shall we? And then, you know, in the anime section, I have, uh... A little bit shorter than normal, but quite a bit, quite a bit of stuff too there. So, let's just jump right into it, dude. Let's just do it. Um, yeah, dude. Okay, so let's. We talked about that. Okay, here we go. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is a great exercise in putting yourself out there. Which, like, you know, I don't really know why they they wrote that as the article title or whatever. But like, I will say that Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is super fun. Um, I finally have gotten a chance to just like, you know make my own deck and play it more and things like that for those of you who have always been kind of like curious about how to play Yu-Gi-Oh but not like it's okay so it's really weird right because like Yu-Gi-Oh whenever they have made a video game version of their game whether it was like story oriented with Yu-Gi or any of the characters or whether it was like uh what is that other online one that 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 other online one that came out for the Switch and like Android and stuff like that and, and, and Apple? That one was like also a card game version of the game, but that was more so like, um, you know, it's limited, you know, very limited, more kind of towards the show, not a, not actually like the the actual card game that we have in real life, and you know we've had all those before. Whereas Master Duel is, you know, it's like the MTG Arena equivalent or the Pokemon, you know, online card game equivalent of it. And um, it's it's really fun. It definitely has that, you know, it's free, you know, and you can get it on Steam or I think the Switch as well. And what I think, you know, it's, it's like other free card games and things like that, like MTG Arena and Pokemon. Um, it definitely has the, the gotcha thing, you know, about it. Cause obviously it's free. So, you know, the, it does that thing where like, it gives you a bunch of gems to begin with. Um, gems are what you use to buy packs and things like that. And, you know, uh, aesthetic accessories like your icon or profile icon and things like that. Um, and then, you know, and then it makes you kind of grind for the rest of them, but there are daily missions, you know? So like, you know, uh, spending 15 minutes just playing the game you could you could get like half of those daily missions out of the way you know what i mean so um and so here's the mistake i personally made what happened for me was and i'll, I'll give a more in-depth review maybe in a youtube video or something um because i don't want to talk too much about it on the newscast but the mistake i made was i the way it works is so Yu-Gi-Oh! is based on a bunch of archetypes, right? That's not how the card game started out, but that's what it is now. So, like, if you want to build a Blue Eyes deck, there's a bunch of Blue Eyes cards. If you want to build a Dark Magician deck, there's a bunch of Dark Magician cards. If you want to build Zen Mains, Trickster, Dragon Maids, Six Samurai, like, there's a bunch of cards for that archetype, right? And that's how you build a deck. Or that's, you know, in, in the most, like, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but you know what I mean. And so... The way it works, obviously, is, like, it's really hard to get those cards when there's so many other fucking cards, right? Like, you only want to get the ones you want to make. So what you can do is you can actually, if I dis, if I get, you can get rid of three rares to craft any one rare card or three ultra rares for any one ultra rare. Or if it's a foil or silver-lined ultra rare, you can get rid of two of those to make one ultra rare if it's a full foil ultra rare you can get you can do one for one regular ultra rare and that that's how it works right so oh crap well i have a bunch of cards that i don't even need from these packs i pulled 
cool. Get rid of them and craft the ones you want. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that. And if I had known that, I would not have spent all my gems on certain packs. Also, you unlock these things called secret packs that are available for 24 hours every time you unveil them when pulling cards or crafting cards. So if I craft a Red-Eyes Black Dragon card and it's not unveiled yet, it will unlock the the secret pack that has Red-Eyes cards in them. And if I have a 1,000 gems, then I can get 10 packs. And then I can start pulling stuff. Boom. So my advice to you is if you start it, do not spend any of your gems until you know what archetype you want to build. And the solo mode takes, the like the solo story mode, takes you through like 10 different archetypes. Um that that are that are playable and they give you the structured version of those decks every time you complete each story mode so then you can kind of decide from there what you like what you don't like or whatever and then you can do your own research or whatever it's very fun i'll do a a more in-depth review in a video some other time if that's what you guys want um but obviously a lot of the yugi tubers on youtube have already done that and they'll they'll probably tell you what i'm gonna tell you which is you could get away with not spending any money and it's really fun so there you go. Kind of sorry, I spent like five minutes on that. But anyway, if you want to play Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a, this is a great way to play it. Free, can just learn how to play the game, and it explains everything very nicely. Very fun. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive launches character Biken on January 28th. So, like, this, she's already out there now. So if you don't have biking yet now you can get her and this is funny because this is what we were saying you know a couple years ago or like about a year ago before strive was even out we were like oh they're probably not gonna release biking on um rev 2 you know they're probably gonna save her for the next one coming out because we already have fucking you know demo footage of it and what have you so that just makes up that just makes a lot of sense and uh, honestly that is uh that is super cool so I love Biken. She's like, I mean, if you don't like her, you probably, you know, you probably don't have, you probably like your steak well done. You probably are gross. And you like, you like uh, chunky peanut butter, which is also gross. Uh, Sega is officially ending its arcade center business, which sucks, right? Because, like, we've been kind of talking about this the past couple of years. And it was kind of slowly shuttering, shutting down its uh, massive Japan-based arcade centers. And they announced that they're just going to walk away from it entirely, ending a 50-year era defined by claw machines, fighting games, and more. Um, They released a statement this morning, and they said, and by this morning, I mean like a couple days ago, but uh, they said Sega stores across the country will be switching their store names to Gigo to express our gratitude for Sega's 56 years of history and our desire to be... And our desire to be an oasis that quenches people's thirst for real entertainment, uh, Genda Chairman Hisashi Katawaka said in regards to the news. Sega, the Sega branding on standing arcade centers will begin to be replaced by Gigo Entertainment branding. While Sega is leaving the business of owning and running arcade centers, don't expect to see Sega arcade machines disappear. So yeah, the, the headline is kind of misleading. It's like, oh shit, they're shutting down completely. Which, like, they did. That did happen. Like, they did shut down an arcade, you know, one of the big ones uh, about a couple years ago. But they'll still make games, I think. I don't know if they're going to make arcade games anymore. But I also found another article that said, Genda acquires remaining shares of Sega's arcade business, which is the global internet entertainment network for dreams and aspirations, Genda. Announced on Friday that it had acquired the other 14.9% of shares of the arcade and amusement center company, Genda Sega Entertainment, and is renaming the company Genda Gigo Entertainment. So, Genda will soon rename all 196 Sega Arcade Centers across Japan as GIGO, which stands for Getting Into the Gaming Oasis, starting with arcades in Ikebukuro, Akihabara, and Shinjuku, which, like, that's pretty cool. It's like, maybe these people are one of those companies where they just want to keep that stuff alive, you know, because who knows, like, what would have happened if they weren't around, you know, maybe Sega would have just sold them off and just said, forget it, you know. Um, But maybe these people over at uh, Genda or Gigo, you know, Genda Gigo Entertainment, they will keep it alive, and that would be really cool. And they can do stuff outside of Sega Branding, which is bring other arcade machines and keep other things alive. So that could be really cool. Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon to be inducted into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences of Hall of Fame. And 
that makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ed Boon is a cool guy, and I mean, if it wasn't for him, he would not have pushed boundaries uh, in video games back then in entertainment in the in the you know '90s and such like that. Like they they had to. I mean, the, the Mortal Kombat is one of the reasons that they had to have game ratings on games. You know what I mean? So. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, back then there was, you know, there was a lot of angry people and, you know, salty people offended by some blood in a video game, and uh, they still made it out there, and it was perfect. So that's really sweet. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences has announced that Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon will be inducted into its Hall of Fame. To ring in the celebration, Boon will be honored at the 25th annual DICE Awards ceremony happening on February 24th in Las Vegas. Xbox Game Studios head Matt Booty will present Boone with the 2022 Hall of Fame War. Yeah, Matt. can't That can't be his real name. Matt Booty? Come on, dude. Matt Booty? Get some booty? Matt Booty's on the way to get booty. Huh! Anyway. Star Wars 1313 New Unseen Gameplay shows Boba Fett giving chase on Coruscant. Boba the Fett. Um, yeah, these are supposed to be like some new games coming out. Um... It looks pretty sweet. Uh, I think they said they were working on, like, I don't even know, like a ton of Star Wars games? Or am I thinking of something else? There's supposed to be a lot of Star Wars games coming out, but that is uh, one of them, Star Wars 1313. I found this very fun article that said, Most Anticipated Fighting Games of 2022, and I decided to take a look at it. Uh, Somebody who is a big fan of fighting games. Um, King of Fighters 15. Yeah, I mean, if you love King of Fighters, you will probably play this game. I have sort of... I I used to love it, I and I still do. I still love the characters. In terms of, like, the games, though, I just don't... Ever since they they got bought by the Chinese company, they just, you know, and, they, and, they, and starting from King of Fighters 14, turned it into, like, the 3D, 2D platform, you know, where... I don't know. I I don't mind it. It looks fine. I think it still looks fun. And gameplay-wise, it still looks fun. I just don't like the aesthetic of it. Because, like, that was the thing, like, about King of Fighters, right? Like, starting with King of Fighters 11, it was like a... Or no, it was starting with 12 or 11. I don't remember. But, like, King of Fighters 12 and 13 especially, they went... They were still doing sprites in a world where every other video game was doing the 2D, 3D thing. And the sprites were so magical. It was so many fucking pixels in one character to make the move as smooth as possible. And it just looked amazing. And, you know, it was it was crazy. And uh, I don't know. I kind of wish that that if, if, if they were if King of Fighters looks King of Fighters to me just looks better as a 2D thing. The way the art style is, the way the characters are designed it looks better as a 2D thing. And, you know, I also felt a little, you know, uh, what's the word for it? Ain't Not anxious, but, like, skeptical. Skeptical. I felt skeptical when, when Street Fighter Four was coming out because I had always known them as these 2D sprites. And then when it came out, it was good. And then when King King, King of Fighters fourteen came out, I was like, oh, well, I was skeptical of Street Fighter Four first, so maybe this will be fine. And to me, it's still not fine. It just doesn't look right. I think they look better as 2D things. And if King of Fighters could even do a game that the way Guilty Gear looks, you know, that that would still be 10 times better than what it looks like now. That's just my opinion. I don't like the 3D look for King of Fighters. That's just my opinion. Uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which is the, the, the remaster report of the 2013 game uh, Persona 4 Arena. And... Uh, this was a great game. It was originally by Arxis, and it just didn't uh, it just didn't stay up. You know what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was Persona. Um, you know, it was kind of a random property that they did that they did uh, a fighting game for. At least back then. You know, now Persona is much more popular now, but <clears throat> back then, uh, you know, it was kind of random and. Uh, yeah, so, but now that it's as popular as it is now, I think a lot of people will get this. It's a great fighting game. It's amazing. Uh, Multiverses, 
So this is the Cartoon Network Warner Brothers one uh, that we talked about. Uh, Blazing Strike. This is really cool. This is uh, this is a fighting game that is uh, made by Rare Breed Games, um, and it is supposed to be an ode to like older '90s sprites, kind of like Marvel's Capcom. Uh, some of those older SNK ones, like I mentioned before, like for King of Fighters. Yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, and DNF Duel, Dungeon Fighter uh, online uh, fighting game made by Arxis, Arc System Works. So, which we've seen some people play like the beta stuff. There's some beta footage out there. I think Maximilian Dude was playing it. Justin Wong's YouTube channel is playing it. Very fun. So, yeah, I'm very hyped for all those. Uh, except for King of Fighters. 2000s-era platformer Cow the Kangaroo is being resurrected this summer. Fans of 2000s platformers may remember Cow the Kangaroo, the punching marsupial first grace North American audiences in 2001 on Dreamcast, PC, and Game Boy Advanced, and starred in three subsequent titles in the following years. Though the series never reached the heights of a Crash Bandicoot or Ratchet and Clank, that hasn't stopped Tate Multimedia from resurrecting the forgotten mascot for a brand new adventure. I don't remember this. Uh, I don't remember this. This 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 little kangaroo. I don't remember this little guy. And you know, when you think of like mascot platformers, you think of Sonic, you think of Crash, you think of Mario. You know, you think of um, you know Spyro, things like that. Uh, even even ones as as unfamiliar as like you know Gex, the Gecko, whatever the fuck. I don't remember this guy at all. I don't remember. You know, you think of Ratchet and Clank, you think of uh, Jack and Daxter even. I don't know this guy. I, I don't know. I, it's like this little kangaroo face Johnson with pink boxing gloves. Looks super fun, don't get me wrong. I just, you know, I'm not really into it when you have great things already like uh, Crash and stuff. And a lot of the Crash and Spyro remakes were really good. And, you know, anyways. Uh, Cardboard Kings. This game looks really sweet. There is a uh, a new game from Henry's House and publisher Akupara Games. As the name implies, it's a game about becoming the Cardboard King. Uh, it means designing and running the world's best card game shop, and you'll be able to do this on Steam. So you'll be able to customize your shop and set up your customer base, but you'll also need to keep players coming back by buying, trading, and selling the rarest of the best cards, of course. And, uh, yeah, you can have your own card collection of whatever's. I'm not sure how it'll work with, like, you know, what kind of games are in there or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, there's hundreds of cards to collect. Uh, booster packs. You buy booster packs. You buy and trade and sell and collect cards. You manage the shop in an unpredictable market. Uh, thriving card game community. Customization. There's a storyline, a story experience. Um, it takes place in a place called Seaside. So, yeah, like, manage a shop in an unpredictable market. That's probably, like, the most accurate statement for this kind of thing. It really is an unpredictable market. It really is. And um, uh, you know what? I'll, t- I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you more why. I'll tell you more why in, in a little bit because I got a big piece at the end here. Uh, a Resident Evil 4 fan-made HD remaster eight years in the making launches next month. I hope that Capcom doesn't do anything with this. But, yeah, this... These people were making like this remaster with new graphics and everything uh, for about eight years, and it was a Resident Evil Four HD project, is what it's called. And it's you can like use Steam's. Uh, there's little Steam programs you can use to to play it. Um, I don't know too much about like how you like if you, I don't think you have to buy it obviously like obviously they can't sep, sep, you know sell it but in addition to the mainline campaign the remaster comes packaged with extra content including assignment ADA separate wars and the mercenaries the HD project looks to revitalize the Resident Evil 4 formula to feel as if fans are playing it again for the first time um, in preparation for the original game Capcom gathered extra texture assets by photogra- photographing, photographing, photographing a variety variety of real world locations, primarily primarily throughout Spain and Wales, 
For this project, Albert has gone to these same locations to gather higher resolution assets. The result is a visual experience that is true to the original game as possible, presented in resolutions up to 16 times out of the original game. Yeah, dude, I mean, the blog posts of, like, these these devs go back all the way to 2014. And if you know, if you know, you know. Like, the Resident Evil 4 came out... Oh, man, it's got to be, like, 2000 and... 2006? 2005. So, I mean, yeah, it's one of the greater Resident more fun, one of the great Resident Evil games. Um, you know, it was it was a big step up from its predecessors, and that's why it was so popular, you know? So, very cool. Um, I don't know who got to watch Royal Rumble, but uh, if you did, uh, Sasha Banks came out in Sailor Moon gear. And uh, then also... Another another wrestler came out in uh, uh, Madara cosplay, so it was super cool. I don't remember the name of the other wrestler now, of course, because I'm a yutz. I have not been in wrestling, uh, interesting as much lately uh, in a while, but like super dope. Regardless, uh, I'm trying to find the name of the other wrestler. Sasha Banks came out wearing like a like you know a Sailor Moon outfit, and then this other this other uh wrestler who i do not know the name of right now came out cosplaying madara and it was just pretty freaking cool i mean i mean most wrestlers you know wrestling and and you know being a nerd and wrestling and being an otaku or an anime nerd it it all like intersects you know so it's just a lot of these wrestlers are just nerd nerds as well so it's just really cool. Uh, oh, we already talked about that. Cardboard Kings. Okay, so here's my here's my thing. Here's my big piece. L- Logan Paul. I don't know if you, I think a lot of you have already heard about this, but I just gotta gotta talk about it for a second um, because I I see a lot of comments online, and when I say online, I mean YouTube and Facebook because those are the only and and in Discord because those are the only places I'm ever in. I'm not on Twitter where everyone else, where everyone is talking the most um, or Instagram. I'm not there. I'm only on Facebook and, and YouTube and, and Discord. So, um, But I've seen a lot of comments about this just talking shit about, about Logan Paul and uh, saying things like he deserves this, fuck him, whatever, okay? And while we may all agree on that, <laughs> you know um, – I want to talk about the good the good that's going to come out of it. First of all, so, like, a lot of people have already heard about this, but it happened, like, a couple weeks ago. Logan Paul bought a box of Pokemon cards, or a case, sorry, a case of Pokemon cards, what he believed to be a case of base set booster boxes. So, and it was a sealed case, okay? A sealed case of base set like you know that that's potentially i think there's 10 cases in each or 10 booster boxes in each case i think back then at least back then it was i don't know what it is now or you know or was it eight i don't remember eight to ten um that 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 basically means there's a chance to be like you know six to ten first edition holographic charizards fresh in a pack right he paid $3.5 million for the case from his friend named Shine. I don't know what his real name is. I think that's just his Instagram, like, online trader persona name, whatever. But, like, he, his friend Shine was like, hey, dude, I just got a case of this base set Pokemon cards. Do you want to buy it? And Logan Paul said, how much? And he said, well, I got it for this much. How about I sell it to you for $3.5 million? And Logan Paul was like, fuck yeah, dude. And they even, when he bought it, obviously when you do really huge transactions like this with collectible things, whether it's antiques or cards or or cars, even vehicles, you know, collectible vehicles, things like that, right? You have to have, like, authenticated people on site, okay? And that's what they did. They had the people over at, uh, was it BCG or, or Beckett? I don't remember who was there. One of the big, like, authenticated people. Oh, BBCE. Um... Yeah, the BBCE. 
they 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 were there when it happened, and they were like, "Yeah, that's definitely it." They had they sent it to the, they sent it to the BBC. They authenticated it. The CEO, like the founder guy, even authenticated it, and then Logan Paul had it. And then he posted like all about it on Instagram, like guys, check this out. Look what I got. Video coming soon about it. It's really cool. And then a lot of people saw it and were like, "This looks sketchy. This doesn't look right." So they went back to like all the like somehow the internet do being the internet they found all of the posts and things where this case was listed and it just looked fishy it was listed by this newer ebay account okay the name on the ebay account looked fishy everything looked fishy so then as soon as logan paul caught wind of the internet doing their thing and trying to say dude i think you just got scammed out of 3.5 million dollars and he, here's the thing that the internet could have legit let him just get scammed, right? <laughs> but they 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 also wanted to kind of rub it in his face a little bit. They were like, "LOL, dude, you just got scammed, hella. Your that shit is fake as hell." And here's why. And then there was whole Reddit threads about why it was fake and everything. It was really funny. So then Logan Paul put out a video, and the video was titled like, "I just got scammed" or whatever or something. And so they meet up with the BBC E people with Shine at this hotel, and they're they're going over the box again, and they're going over with Logan and Shine uh, how they authenticated it. It's like a seven minute video, and it's really funny. And I do want to say this: this whole thing could be fake. Okay, this whole like setup, you know, thing could be fake. You know, it's the it's Logan Paul. He probably paid some you know, his video production people and some some of the people at the BBCE like a shit ton of money to just kind of act out this whole thing. Okay. So so I just want to say that before I continue on with the story. So in, in the video they they go over the case, they open and they're like, you know what, we're gonna have to open it. There's no way to actually know for real for real unless we open the case. So they open the case very carefully. They cut the tape off you know, through the Wizards of the Coast label and everything, and they see the boxes right on top, and the boxes look legit. And then right away, Logan goes, why is this box in the middle, like, bumped up like that, though? Why is this folded fucked up like that? And so they take that one out, and they're like, you know what, should we open it? And it's like, yeah, just open it. And they open it, and it's full of a bunch of G.I. Joe trading card booster packs, like, and not booster packs, but just packs of G.I. Joe trading cards. And it was, <laughs> it was really funny, dude. The, the way they edited the video was super funny at the end. Cause like, um, whatever. So anyway, the latest update to the story is shine gave Logan his $3.5 million back. And now shine is working with the people he got it from to figure out like, you know how to how to make this all correct and figure everything out um and apparently the people he got it from got it from somebody else so like that's like the big that's like the big thing so one of the parties that shine got it from and i don't i it doesn't i i didn't read this right because i can't really tell who which party is who the way they wrote the article but from what it sounds like one of the parties that shine got it from has decided to escrow the, the, their money and all the profits they made from it to hold on to until they figure it out. So that's really good. Now here's the biggest takeaways from it. Uh, the biggest takeaways are this, the BBC E fucked up really bad. You were supposed to be one of the biggest authenticators of trading cards, baseball cards, Pokemon cards, magic cards and whatever. Right. And you, you fucked up so bad. So bad. Baseball, yeah, baseball card exchange. That's what they're called. They've been in the business for over 30 years. And they just completely, completely messed up. And that's, that's pretty shitty. Now, I'm kind of wondering, like, it kind of begs the question because I don't really I'm, I don't really know I don't know too much about grading, 
you know, I know, I know the, probably as much as the average collector does. But like, doesn't Beckett or PS PSA or PC whatever the other one? Don't they authenticate boxes or do they just authenticate open cards? That's what I'm wondering. Because why didn't Logan take it to one of them? Number one. Uh, and if that's the case, if they don't do that, then I then I understand. But like, if they do do it, then I think Logan should have taken it to one of them because that's what they do. Like Beckett and PSA, they like specialize in like the the trading card games. You know what I mean? Whereas the BBCE is like unopened boxes and baseball cards and shit, whatever. Um, they called it the biggest, like, Pokemon fraud, the biggest fraud in the history of Pokemon ever, which, like, if this whole story and shit is real, that, that, that absolutely is what it is. Now, here's my takeaway from it. My other takeaway from it, besides the BBCE fucking up really bad. The other takeaway is this. If this story is real then that means they just made it 10 times harder. Whoever decided to like, because if you look at, if you watch the video and you look at the case before they open it and look at everything at, if you saw this, if you're just some regular person and you saw this at a garage sale or an antique store in the case for whatever and blah, blah, you would have thought it was real. It looked hella real. The way they weathered the box, the way they weathered the, like, the Wizards of the Coast sticker or whatever the fuck, like, it, it very very much well could have been an original Wizards of the Coast box, and then they carefully removed the sticker and re-like re made it on the computer, printed it out on sticker adhesive paper, um, and weathered the sticker on the box, because, like... The little box ridges were, like, weathered through the sticker. You know how, like, when you see a sticker on a box for a long time, it, like, starts gaining the ridges and and kind of discoloration of the box? That's what it looked like. It looked legit. And even when they took the booster boxes out with a shrink wrap around it, it looked legit. It was crazy. So, I mean, if 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 fraud gets exposed more and more and more because of this, then that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I also think it's good that Logan got his money back because if he didn't, that would have been funny. But this is a more positive outcome, so that's a good thing. But, like, it's just, like, it's just really funny. The whole thing is crazy, and I, I hope I hope fraud gets exposed more because of this. Because do I really give a fuck about Logan Paul? No. I, if he had lost his money, I wouldn't have given a damn. But I, I know people, and I know friends. I have friends who do this for a living in our, in my local gaming community who do big collecting like this, um, you know, who do buy, buy trade and sell big collecting like this. Um, there's a few couple people in our discord who do this with their complete in box video games and things like that. You know what I mean? And nobody ever wants to get fucking frauded, man. Like that shit, especially when you're spending so much fucking money, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I would never want it to happen to any of them. Do I care it happened to Logan Paul? I care in a, in, in, a, in a sense where it's really fucking funny and it's entertaining to me. Uh, but, you know, like, if it happened to any of my friends, I definitely would care. Like, that's, that's shitty. You know, I've had, I've had friends who have had, who have had, like, boxes of their magic cards stolen and it was worth, like, it was, like, $2,000 worth of cards and things like that. Okay, and that's that's never fun. So, I I hope I hope that this this helps uh, expose fraud more. The I hope that everyone learns a lesson in in authenticating things a little better and all that stuff. So, that being said, that's the end of that. So I went on I went on that for like almost ten minutes. Um, I just thought it was really entertaining. Uh, definitely check out the video on Logan Paul's channel. If you don't want to give him a view, then, you know, maybe watch another YouTuber's reaction of it and maybe they'll play some of the video. Um, but it's pretty funny. It's, you know, or, you know, just log out of your YouTube account and, and give it a view or something. But yeah, it's, 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 in my opinion, the video, whether it's fake or not, which I hope it, to be honest, I hope it's real because like 
that way it, it it very much exposes the fact that the BBC sucks and you shouldn't take anything to them. And also it exposes how crazy fraud is and we can look out for it more. If it's fake, uh, you know, it's still pretty entertaining, um, in my opinion. So that being said, let's get into the anime news. Here we go. Okay, starting it off right away, I got an email from Funimation and Crunchyroll. Yes, I did. I absolutely did. And they they were so cool. They sent me a little kind of uh, ad thing for uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero coming in theaters on March 18th. Tickets on sale February 25th in the U.S. and Canada. Coming soon to the UK, Ireland, France, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, Finland, Netherlands, French-speaking Africa, and Latin America, and additional territories. So, um, let's see. San Francisco, California, January 25th, 2022. Crunchyroll announced it will release the highly anticipated Jujutsu Kaisen Zero in theaters on March 18th in the United States and Canada. With tickets on sale February 25th. The dark fantasy film from Toho Animation will be available in both English dub and subtitled and will arrive in more than 1,500 theaters nationwide and will also be released in select U.S.-based IMAX theaters. So, very cool. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, if you've never heard of it, is this movie is based on the manga Jujutsu Kaisen Volume Zero, which follows Yuta Okotsu, a nervous high school student who enrolls in the mysterious Tokyo Jujutsu High School under the guidance of Satoru Gojo after being haunted by the curse of his childhood friend. It is a prequel manga to the smash hit supernatural adventure series from Gei Akutami. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, there's a there's a Jujutsu Kaisen volume out there called Volume 0 and it's uh it came out like after like the first it came out after like the first couple volumes I think. And uh, that's what this movie is based off of. And uh, it's animated by MAPPA and directed by Sung Hoo Park. The film is being distributed in U.S., Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia. And by Crunchyroll and New Zealand, by Crunchyroll in association with Funimation. And in additional European countries by Crunchyroll and Wakanim. So uh, it's not rated. It's got a runtime of 105 minutes. So very fucking cool. Very amazing. Yuta Okotsu, voiced by Megumi Ogata. Rika Orimoto, voiced by Kana Hanazawa. Maki Zenin, voiced by Mikako Komatsu. Very excited. You can listen to the soundtrack on Spotify right now. So, very sweet. Very cool. I cannot wait to watch that and review it uh, when the time comes. So, yeah. Thank you uh, to the people at Funimation for sending me that. Uh, But, yeah. I will keep you guys informed when tickets go on sale, when the date gets closer. And then, you know, where you can uh, go online and what website you can go. I think it's, it'll probably just be, like, on... They'll probably just use, like, uh, a Fathom Events or something. But when it, when the date gets closer, I'll remind you again. And you can we can all go get tickets and go watch it. Uh, Ranma and Half's Junji Nishimura directs Hikari no O Fantasy TV anime scripted by Mamoru Oshii. The premium subscription television channel Wow Wow announced on Monday that Junji Nishimura... Uh, is directing the television anime of Reiko Hinata and Akihiko Yamada's Hikari no O fantasy novel series. Mamoru Oshii is overseeing and directing the scripts. That could be really excited. The story begins with Toko, a young girl from a papermaking town who finds herself in the Forbidden Forest assailed by flamelings. When a flame catcher rushes to protect her in another place, a young capital-born boy named Koshi shelters his younger sister after losing his mother to factory poisoning. Yeah, dude, I don't know. It looks really sweet, but uh, very excited to see that. Mamoru Oshii, dude? I mean, that's crazy. Uh, Shuisha's Manga Plus app allows readers to read all English chapters of manga once. So here's the thing. I'll just Let me just read it the way it's written here so uh, I don't get it twisted. Shuisha announced on Saturday, or no, sorry, Sunday, that its Manga Plus app will allow users to read all the English chapters of its simul-release manga series for free for one year. Starting on Sunday, users will be available to read each chapter in a series once, called the First Read Free Campaign. Celebrates the third anniversary of Manga Plus, the campaign is only available inside the app. So, for those who don't use the Manga Plus app, 
it's what they do is they always have the latest chapters free for everyone and the first like four or five chapters free for everyone. And then you have to like use the subscription service to read the rest. So, you know, obviously if you're like caught up, you know, you're caught up and you're reading weekly, you know, or every couple of weeks, then it's not a problem because the, the latest chapters are always free for everyone. But if you want to start a new manga, only the first some chapters are free and then you have to, you know, you have to uh, uh, use the subscription service to to read the rest. But now we have the first read free campaign um, where you can read all of it for free one time. So... Once it's considered red in your app, then you can't go back to you can't go back to open it, um, unless you do the subscription service. But so that's pretty sweet, um, honestly, because like you know that could that could get you into it. You know what I mean? So the follow the following titles are available to read free of charge: One Piece, My Hero Academia, Jujutsu Kaisen, Black Clover, Doctor Stone, Mission Yozakura Family, Undead Unlock, Mashal. Magic and muscle, Muscles, Ayakashi Triangle, Magu-chan, God of Destruction, Me and Roboco, High School Family, Kokosei Kazuko, Sakamoto Days, The Elusive Samurai, Witch Watch, Blue Box, PPPPPPPP, uh, Ayashiman, Protect Me Shugamaru, Doron, 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 Boruto, Naruto Next Generations, Dragon Ball Super, World Trigger, Seraph the End, Vampire Rain, Twin Star Exorcist, Shoha Shoten, Dan Dan Dan, Spy X Family, Ghost Reaper Girl, Monster Number Eight, which is Kaiju Number Eight. Um, excuse me, dentist. It's touching me. Hokkaido gals are super adorable. Ron Kamonohashi, deranged detective. Tis time for torture, princess. Don't blush, Sekimi-san. Diamond in the rough. Even if you slit my mouth. Chojin X, Blue Exorcist. Once it returns from hiatus, and Heart Gear. Once it returns from hiatus. So yeah, you can read all those one time for free. All of it. And then, pretty cool. So, a pretty cool campaign. Uh, Ari Furetta from Commonplace to World's Strongest Light Novel ends in next volume. So, yeah, there you go. The The next volume of uh, Ari Furetta will be the last one. Um, stated in the author comments in the 12th volume that the Light Novel series on Tuesday, that the novel series will end in the next volume. So, yeah, 13th volume, it will end. Uh, My Hero Academia manga tops 65 million copies in circulation worldwide. Pretty crazy. Um, very excited for the sixth season to come out this fall. Um, I'm getting kind of anxious, though, so I'm kind of wanting to read the manga. Honestly, I know that the manga is not... I mean, it's like decently far ahead than the anime, um, but the anime is not too far behind. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to kind of just like give in and read the manga though. Honestly, I, I just, I, I, the waiting in between each season is too long for me. It's starting to get too long for me. And you know, the last few, the last few things to happen in my hero since the last big thing, which was when they raided, um, you know, Chiaki's, is that his name? Chiaki? I don't remember the, when they rescued, uh, Aerie. That was like the biggest, the last biggest thing to happen. And all the stuff that's been happening since then has just been like, like fillery stuff. The My Villain Academia thing was really huge. So that part was cool. But like it wasn't as huge because it was just villains fighting each other kind of. And I'm ready to see like Deku and, and Bakugo and all of them like hit their next level and just wreck people and save the world and save the day and shit. I just want that to happen, you know? And. It's the last few things that just have taken a while to get there. And I know we're going to get there with the next season because it's like the paranormal liberation army or whatever the hell. But it's just like, I don't know if I want to wait till fall for that. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just taking forever. But uh, yeah, 65 million copies. This is pretty good. Takashi Minakuchi launches Gundam and Extreme manga in February. The March issue of Katakawa's Gundam Ace magazine revealed on Wednesday that the Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme vs. 2X Boost arcade game will have a manga titled Kido Senshi Gundam and Extreme by Takashi Minokuchi that will start in the magazine's next issue in February. 
The manga is part of a larger project and extreme that will also affect the game. Pretty cool. The artwork looks really sweet. Um, I, w- I, w- I would definitely, I don't know if I'm going to read it, but like the artwork by itself is super dope. It looks super cool. Like if I just Google search Takashi Minakuchi. Oh, they did Empress of Flame. Okay, that's what they've done. Empress of Flame, I've never read. But I'm pretty sure it was a mango chutney. Um, I feel like there's something more popular that they did. But I can't find it. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, dude, it looks super sweet. Uh, Yakuza Lover Manga approaches Climax in 11th volume. The 10th compiled vo- book volume of Nozomi Mino's Yakuza Lover uh, manga revealed on Wednesday that the manga is heading to its climax with the 11th volume. So yeah, there you go for those of you who are reading that. Saikyo Anmyoji no Isekai Tenseiki light novels have anime in the works. The novel series centers on Haruyoshi, who is the strongest Anmyoji diviner in his world. He is betrayed by his friends and, on the verge of death, he wishes to be happy in his next life. He then attempts a secret reincarnation spell. The spell is a success and he is reincarnated, but somehow it's in another world. He is reborn and into a distinguished family of wizards, but is judged to have no magical ability. He soon realizes, however, that the magic in this world is nothing compared to his old Anmyo arts, and he declares that he doesn't need magic. He thus begins his easy life in another world with his Anmyo arts and a multitude of yokai creatures who follow him. Uh, okay, that's pretty funny. I don't know. It could be it could be funny. It's like one. It's like he gets isekai from one kind of magical world to another magical world. That could be that could be fun. Japanese digital comic market grows 411.4 billion yen. Which is... That's got to be... I don't even know. It's like $4 million, $3 million, $3.5 million. So... Oh, no. Sorry. That's three... <laughs> that's $3.5 billion is what it is. Um... Yeah, that's pretty huge. Within the wider market, the digital mar- comic market segment grew in market value from 342 billion yen to 411.4 billion yen. So, pretty sweet. Um, accompanying to a general rise in the overall digital publishing market by 18.6% from 2020 to 2021. Which is cool. That is very fucking cool. Um, I'm going to continue to buy manga. Um you know, from bookstores and online and Right Stuff Anime and all that stuff. I got Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 13 and 14 coming from Right Stuff Anime. I think if we continue to buy manga printed and things like that, it's just going to make it make people keep printing manga. Like, manga's, like, it just looks cool. It looks great on your shelf. You know, you have it whenever you want to read it. I love it. And I'm already running out of space on my shelf. I don't know. I might have to tell Trisha to, like, move her shelf out of, out of here. You know, I need another shelf. For all the mango chutney. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury anime premieres in October. We mentioned this a couple of newscasts ago. Um, but yeah, The Witch from Mercury, the series, will be the first brand new television anime series in the franchise since Iron Blooded Orphans, the first season that came out in 2015 and ended in 2016. Um, Koji Fujiwara, Chief Gundam Officer, stated at. That's what they're. That's like, so just so you know, at Bandai Namco Entertainment, uh, if you're a Gundam officer or a Gundam ensign or whatever, that's the job title that at their job. So when I say Koji Fujiwara, chief Gundam officer, that means they're the chief like person for Gundam stuff at Bandai Namco. Uh, anyway, Koji Fujiwara <laughs> stated at Dai 2 Kai Gundam Conference event last September when the anime was first announced. We are aiming to create a work that even young generations will support, he added. We are making bigger developments than ever before. He doesn't go in too much about what it's about, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for New Gundam always, and hopefully it'll be better than Iron-Blooded Orphans. Bell anime film earns over US dollar, $3 million in U.S. dollars at box office. G-Kids announced on Friday that according to theater reports, Mamoru Hosoda's Bell... Anime film has earned more than $3 million at the box office after two weeks in theaters. Pretty sweet. 
The film is Hasoda's highest-grossing film in North America. Mirai previously held the record with $812,000. So that's pretty sweet. I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited for Bell. I love Mamoru Hasoda's work. So, very cool. Healer Girl anime unveils story, more cast, and staff. Um, the story is set in a world where three schools of medicine are pervasive. Western medicine, Eastern medicine, and vocal medicine. The healing of illness and injuries via songs is a special technique that not only improves the mental health of patients, uh, but also the mental health of doctors. Such healers strive to sing when called upon to respond to the health anxiety and anxiety of patients and doctors alike. The anime depicts the healer girls in training at the Katasuma Vocal Metal Institute. So yeah, that could be pretty cool. I really like the character designs here. Uh, art designed by Jiu Ishiguchi. Uh, Jiu Ishiguchi, he's, he did Black Fox movie, Fairy Gone, um, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed manga, Story and Art, and did mechanical design for SAO Alternative, Gun Gale Online. Um, music by Ryo Takahashi. Uh, art supervisor Junichi Higashi at Studio Easter. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. This looks super cool, honestly. It does look really cute. I really like the way it looks, the way the character design is. The art style looks really nice, very bright colors, um, very nice, like, kind of, uh, like, coloring on the hair and line work. I really like the way the hair is colored on these characters. It's like, there's one girl, the one blonde girl, like, her hair is kind of like that, that faux blonde blue underneath. There's a red-haired girl where she's got, like, a green underneath. And, I don't know, it looks really sweet. looks really bubbly and delicious and very nice. Um, Anime Notane Animator Training Program unveils stories and visuals for 2022's projects. Uh, the Japanese Government Agency of Cultural Affairs unveiled the story production introductions and visuals for the four anime projects in the latest round of the Anime Notane Program on Friday. The first one is called Studio by... Er, sorry, hold on a sec. You know what? I'm going to save that for the end because that could be really cool. I'm going to save that for the end. Uh, Pokemon Journeys anime cast Hiro Shimono and Yui Ogura. Hiro Shimono as Piers and Yui Ogura as Marnie. Uh, yeah, uh, Pokemon Master Journeys is the later latest in the Journey saga of Pokemans. So if you're watching that. Odd Taxi anime film unveils trailer and visual for Ega Odd Taxi in the woods. Um, the film is a reconstruction of the TV anime episodes, but also depicts depicts what happens after the anime's finale. Um, if you've never seen it, I definitely definitely would watch it. I'm very excited about this movie. Uh, Odd Taxi is easily topping me for 2021. So, RPG real estate anime reveals theme songs and April premiere. This just seems like a lolly show waiting for people to be lolly cons about it. Uh, but the four-panel manga, four-coma manga, follows Kotone, a mage who ends up working at a real estate agency in a fantasy world. Kotone helps various clients from a necromancer to a guild receptionist raising a pegasus to find a place to call home. Yeah, I don't know. This looks like some lolly stuff. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Toho, it looks like it's supposed to be like a cutesy anime, but like the way the character design is, it just looks like, yeah. Anyway, Toho Animation reveals Wonderism anime music video project. Toho Animation announced a new music video project titled Wonderism Kimi, Kimi Oyobukoi, the voice calling out to you on Thursday. Um, the project focuses on reevaluating one's hometown and telling stories that come from rural areas. Shino is credited for the original concept and is concept designer. An animator, piano rock band Howl Be Quiet, performs the project's titular theme song, Wonderism. Katsuhiro Take is credited for planning for the project. That looks really exciting, and I'm very excited about that. So, uh, Flip Flapper's director, Kiyotaka Oshiyama, designs Pokemon cards. Um, yeah, so, like, I shared one of these Pokemon cards in the Discord a little bit ago, not realizing that's who it was. Um, but yeah, if you take a look at some of these, uh, it, it should have been very obvious that's who it was. <laughs> but um, 
I believe this one is oh so this is a VMAX um of the Rengeki, the Rapid Strike Urshifu. So that's really sweet. Um the the one that I shared was the Blaziken VMAX, which is the Dynamax version of Blaziken, and it's like doing like a knee attack and the the trainer girl from Generation Three is like on his foot, like being flailed around, and she's like, ah, and it's super cute, very exciting. Um, I'm definitely going to see if I can get my hands on some of these cards because the artwork is fantastic and it looks amazing. The professor's research one looks really fucking cool. It's like Professor Oak, and his his arm is kind of coming out of the the portrait, and he's writing down his like scientific notes on the actual card. Very cool. Um, yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen singer Eve's Kara animated film debuts on Netflix on March 15th. Netflix un- unveiled a new anime live action hybrid film titled Adam by Eve Alive. 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 Is it Alive in animation? It's probably Alive in animation. Uh, on Monday. The film will focus on singer Eve with animation by Studio Kara. The film will debut on Netflix on March 15th and will also open in theaters in Japan simultaneously. Yeah, that looks really cool. The teaser is very short and doesn't say much, but that's really cool. Uh, Satoshi Mizukami's Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer manga gets TV anime this summer. Manga creator Satoshi Mizukami revealed on Monday that his, Luc- that his Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer manga is inspiring a television anime adap- adaptation that will premiere this summer. Uh, yeah, this looks super cute. Uh, Asamiya Yuhi is, was an ordinary college student until the day a lizard showed up and asked him to help save the world. The next thing he knows, he's been given a ring and special powers, plus an enemy stalking him. However, he's saved in the nick of time by the girl next door, Samidare, who's planning what kinds of things? This is the unconventional story that mixes ordinary life with the bizarre and supernatural. Yeah, I just, uh, that's, it comes out in Young King Comics, I think. Um, but yeah, the anime looks super cute. Um, and they're trying to, like, it looks like they're trying to, the styles, the art style of the anime looks a little different than the manga. Um, but still, it looks really cool. So, okay, here's the Anime Notani Animator Training Program thing. I, I just, like, it seemed like a really cool thing, and I wanted to save it for the end, so I moved to the end. But here we go. Um, these are the four... The four animators... Or, four anime that people are working on from the uh, training program. Studio iMagica Digital Scape is working on the anime Tenjin... A young girl named Miru and Ran, a boy who appeared before Miru, embark on an adventure in an alternate world, but something tragic awaits them there. Directed by Noriyuki Fukura and produced by Tomoya Iwasawa. Uh, training, the training target for this one is in-between animators, key animators, 3D CG animators. Studio L is working on Rakan Oyone. Oyone, who moved into a group home for senior citizens, Forms a band with other elderly residents. She relives the memories of her youth throughout a concert on Christmas night. Directed by Akira Shigino. Produced by Sugaru Shakakori. Shakakori. Training target in between animators, key animators, production advancement, and producers. Production plus H. The space camper Chichi. Chichi, an ordinary office lady who works in commercial sector 2 of the solar system, heads to a space camp for a vacation. However, she crash lands on a planet that is a graveyard for scrapped ships. Directed by Masatsugu Arakawa, producer Fuminori Honda. Training target is in-between animators, key animators, and producers. Uh, Studio Lesprit, Kira Kira Kirari. A mysterious girl suddenly appears before Kirari, a timid grade school girl who rather do nothing but draw. The mysterious girl drags Kirari into the outside world, and they draw various things for the first time together. Uh, directed by Tomohiro Tsukimi Isato, and produced by Kanako Shimizu, training and target in between animators, key animators, and producers. Studios iMagica, Digital Scape, Studio L, Production Plus H, and Lesprit are each producing an animation project from 7 to 10 minutes in length. The works aim to raise the skill level of existing animators and educate aspiring animators. So yeah... Very cool. We mentioned this a little bit ago, but these are the the four that they're doing. So that's really sweet. 
that being said, that's all I got for you. I love you guys very much. And um, I do want to mention that the YouTube is finally caught up now. And our latest episode that came out this past, that came out this last week is on there as well, which is our Summit Smackdown number nine, Gym Leader Jamboree. So I hope you guys are into that and you're liking that very much. I just, again, want to apologize to all the people who listen on YouTube who finally are just getting caught up on everything because I was about seven or ten weeks behind on everything. And um, I only got caught up last weekend. So, And this just this past weekend, I put up the latest episode. And I'm very happy that I got that figured out for you and all done for you. And again, I'm sorry. So, uh, But yeah, that being said, uh, I love you guys very much. Um, get excited because the summies are coming up, which is our 2010, 2021 anime review. And, uh, yeah, I love you. I love you all just the way you are. Thank you for listening every week. That being said, I've been Sam and this has been the anime summit, a newscast.